0: Good morning, morning. happy Father's Day, thank you very much, I'm glad that uh, we're able to celebrate Father's Day together, glad you made the decision to come to church today, I got to do something very manly and and Father's Day-ish this past weekend, actually had a really cool weekend, got to uh, go to Road America, very manly, see some manly cars, make some manly noises and then I got to go shoot some manly guns. I also went to Lego Fest in Milwaukee, very manly and Lego-y, right? So I had an incredible weekend, and I hope you did as well, and hope that you have a great day this Father's Day. We've been in this new series talking about a new season. And what we've been doing in this series is we've been talking about the heart and the vision and the direction that God is opening up for us and wanting us to step in as Word of Grace as this church. And not only limited to that, but also I believe that those things are going to transcend into your individual life. And that these things are also things that you and I need to focus on and that we can walk into this new season as believers. Amen. Amen. Last week, we started this series and we talked about the foundation. We talked about the thing that before we share any dreams or any ideas or any visions or any clear direction on anything, that we've got to set the foundation. We've got to set the foundation before we move forward. Does anybody in this room remember what that foundation was? Love. Love. Very good. You guys are awesome. You get gold stars by your name. That's good. There's like one guy in first service, you know, (laughs) and he was like... (laughs) But you guys did great. Absolutely. Love has got to be the foundation of where we're going as a church and where we move. A mutual appreciation and concern and care for one another. A a love for God because He he is love. And He told us that the most important thing that we could focus on is to love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And then the second thing He said is just like it. He said is to love your neighbor as what as yourself is to love your neighbor as yourself so the the series though we're going to focus on why word of grace exists and what God has called us to do I believe that that's not only an important question for a church I believe that's an important question for every believer why do I exist and what am I here to do amen I believe that's an important question that all of us need to answer, and we want to answer that as a church. Here's Word of Grace. Why was Word of Grace started? Why did God desire to have a church here in Sheboygan Falls? Why this time? Why this season? What's, where are we going? How do we embark on this new season that God is calling us to, the foundation of which has to be love? But we're going to answer those questions of why we exist and what God has called us to do. You see, everything that we do as individuals and as a church, has to be measured by our purpose. we got to have something to be able to uh, measure the direction of where we go and the things that we do. Otherwise, it's just a collaboration of everybody's wants and ideas, right? We've got to make sure that what we're doing has a purpose and that it's aligned with the purpose that God has called us to and the things that He has called us to do, and we work within His framework. You see, everything that we do as believers must be aligned with the values that are from the word of God. These aren't just ideas that we're going to be sharing this morning or things and concepts that we've come up with this is things that are from the word of God these values that we have to embrace are the values of God and I want to start off with this quote that has really impacted my life for many years it's from the 1800s a man named Andrew Murray he was a missionary to South Africa and he said this and I want you to write it down it's your first point today if you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it then you're invincible You're unstoppable. There's nothing that God will not do in you, through you, for you, if you want what he wants for the same reason he wants it. Man, if we could get our mind wrapped around this thought, if we want what God wants for the same reason that he wants it. Let me tell you, a lot of times we look at this and we flip it around and we turn it around the other way. We say, if God will give us what we want, right? that's how this thing is going to work we try to flip it around and, and it's not necessarily what god wants we want god to want and desire what we want because you know it's important what we want right and and we try to tell god how important it is how things are supposed to be and how god we want it this way and we want it at this time and we want it to work out this way and god we want you to do that for us and we try to make those things happen but that's not how it works We've got to get our mind wrapped around this, that if we want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, that's the key, for the same reason that God wants it. Amen? Amen. Here's the thing, is that tapping into the heart of God and figuring out what He values and what He wants, it isn't nearly as hard as sometimes we make it out to be. You know, sometimes we get so concerned with what God doesn't want that we never focus on what He does. A lot of times we have this negative view of God. We have this negative perception and we get consumed with all of the things that as Christians that we're not supposed to do or that he doesn't want. And we look at Christianity and we look at our walk with God as a very constricting, limiting thing that we see all these things that we cannot do and we cannot partake in and we cannot be a part of. And so we make Christianity all about the does nots and shall nots and have nots and will nots. And that's what we look at. But instead, God wants us to focus on the things that he does want us to do and the things that he has said for us to do. Amen? How many of you guys have ever seen the show The Biggest Loser? You ever seen that show? I think that's an absolutely fantastic show, and it's going to parallel exactly what I'm talking about this morning. Because on that show The Biggest Loser, these guys will come on here, these ladies, these men and women, will come and and get checked out by a doctor. And they will have all kinds of diseases and they'll have all kinds of ailments and all kinds of things that they're just taking a ridiculous amount of uh, medicine for or they have all these restrictions and all these things that they have to treat, all these symptoms that they have to treat. But whenever they begin to work out and they begin to drop the weight and they begin to get healthy and they begin to eat the right foods and do the right things, then guess what happens? These medicines and all these things that they had to take just to survive and live and make it through the day, they just disappear. It's not like they were targeting this specific ailment, and so they knew that if they did this, the specific ailment would change. No, they just started taking care of themselves, and they started focusing on what was important. They started focusing and correcting what was valuable to them, and whenever they did so, all of these other issues that they dealt with began to be handled, and they didn't even have to try to fix those issues. You see, that's how Christianity works. That's how your relationship with God works. That's how your walk with God works. You've got to understand, too many times we as believers try to deal with the outward issue, the outward circumstance, and we never deal with the core issue. We never align our values with what God values, and we're just trying to treat the the, the issue at hand. A lot of times we'll say, pray for me for peace. I I hear that a lot, you know, as as a pastor. People all the time looking for peace. Pray for me, pastor, because I just need some peace in my life. How many of you guys could use some peace at times when it's stressful, when you're frustrated, when you're discouraged? Amen. We all could use some peace. But let me tell you something this morning. A lot of times we're asking God to give us peace, but we don't deal with the core issue. And because we don't deal with the core issue, we're just looking for God to fix the way I feel instead of dealing with the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter may be that there is some unforgiveness or some bitterness or some hurt that you have to deal with. And because God's wanting you to found this and ground this and root this in love, And he says, if you'll walk in love and you just value the things I value, if you'll just love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, and you focus on those things, you get that, just those blinders on your eyes, and you focus on those things, on the things that I value, the things I say are important, then all of a sudden you begin to walk in peace, and you didn't even pray for peace. You weren't even seeking peace. You weren't even asking God to give you peace. You were just focusing on the things that God said was important, and then these ailments these things you've been dealing with begin to fall off. They just begin to be fixed and corrected because you're realigning yourself the way that God wants you to align yourself with, you know? I mean just like even on your on your vehicle you know if your if your tires are out of balance and your vehicle's out of alignment you know it's going to wear your tires down faster and we want to go buy new tires but if you get the vehicle fixed to where that's not going to be a problem anymore you get the wheels balanced you get the front end aligned all of a sudden it's not going to wear down your tires as much are you seeing what I'm saying this morning a lot of times we're trying to deal with the outward stuff we want to be set free from anger we want to be set free from the depression we want to be set free from all of the junk of of the symptoms of the core that we're really dealing with. But God wants us to deal with the core and not just the symptoms, amen? And when we begin to get healthy and we begin to want what God wants and align ourselves with His values, then we see how God begins to straighten out and fix and set us free as we begin to walk in victory, as we begin to walk in love, as we begin to walk in peace, as we begin to walk in health. You know, a lot of times people are sick because there's something in the core of them that they refuse to let go and it worries them to death and it worries them sick. And a lot of times we're like, I I need healing. No, you you need to find inner healing. From forgiveness or dealing with whatever that core issue is and aligning yourself with God and his values and then you watch. All of a sudden, you, 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 you start thinking straight. I can never think clear. I'm just so frustrated all the time. You begin to think clear. You begin to become healthy. You begin to become strong. You begin to become free. And all of a sudden, you have peace and all these things that you've been seeking whenever you align your core, when you align your values with what God wants. Somebody help me out this morning. Say amen. You see, too often... We're, we're, we're trying to still fit God into what we want. But the Bible talks about this in Romans chapter 8. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn over there. I want to show you something this morning. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read Romans 8 and verse 29. Romans 8 and verse 29 says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, this is what God is saying about his Son Jesus. He's saying that those that I had foreknowledge of, those that I knew of before they were even born, those I foreknew, I predestined them to become conformed or fit into or shaped into this image of, of my son, Jesus Christ. In other words, he destined those who would choose him, those who would desire him, those who would follow after him, those who would align themselves with his values, those he knew about, he foreknew about, he already desired for you to be conformed to this image of his son. Now, this immediately happens whenever we get saved on the inside. It's this stuff on the outside that still needs work. Amen, somebody? You see, whenever we come to Christ, he immediately changes us and we're immediately conformed. In our spirit, who we are, who's going to go to heaven, this person that that God has made us in the likeness of Jesus Christ, that happens at salvation. But there's this conforming that he wants us to, to take place by changing the way we think, the way that we respond, the way that we react, the way that we walk, the way that we talk. And it starts by dealing with our core and not just these external issues that we want to deal with. You know, I was in Arkansas and working out one time a few years back and the guy that was kind of giving me some advice and and working with me on lifting weights and things like that, he began to talk to me and tell me, you know, I think it's really funny how people put out all of these targeted exercises. He said, because they want to target this area or target that area. He said, there is no real targeting this area or targeting that area. He said, you've got to work on you. He said, he said a lot of people want to target that gut because everyone wants to get rid of the gut, right? Come on. Everybody wants to target this, this belly. They want to get rid of that. They want those you know, washboard abs instead of the wash tub abs, right? Everyone wants a six-pack instead of the two-liter, right? And that's what everybody's looking for. They, I want that. And so they begin to crunch and crunch and crunch and crunch and crunch and crunch and, crunch and crunch. He said, man, he said, you've got to work on your overall health. He said, instead of just trying to target this one area. And so many times as Christians, we just try to, if I could just get this one little area just fixed and we get so frustrated and we feel so uh, just condemned because we just can't get this one area fixed and we're working on this, just, just trying to get this one thing fixed. I'll tell you what, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself and grow in that and walk in your relationship with God and grow and watch those things naturally begin to change. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Because you see, if we want what God wants for the same reason that God wants it, then we're invincible. Because if God is for us, then what does the Bible say? Who can be against us? You see, it's God's intention that before he ever knew us, that he wanted us to be like Jesus. That means we've got to look at what Jesus values. And we've got to see what God intends for us to conform to the image and not the other way around. Not the other way around. You know, I mentioned earlier that I went to this event in Milwaukee on Friday, it was called the Lego Kids Fest. I love Legos. I think they're the coolest toy ever invented, right? Anybody else in here? Come on. Amen. There you go. Legos are awesome. They, they bring out creativity in kids. And I, when I was a kid, I had this massive box of Legos that I used to just dump out on my floor and make all kinds of crazy things with. And I loved whenever I was able to pass those down to my son and get him involved in that. Now I've bought Lego sets for him. And we even put one together last night that we had bought at this Lego Fest on Friday in Milwaukee and it was just crazy I mean there were just there were so many Legos at this at this event I mean there's just this huge mound that was probably close to the size of this room and this mound I mean you, you I tried to dig to get to the bottom of it because I got stuck in the middle of this huge Lego pile that all these kids and moms and dads were playing in because I, how many of you guys know Legos hurt how many moms and dads have stepped on them in the middle of the night? They hurt. They're painful. And so here I am. I was trying to take a picture of, of my mom and, and my son. And I was going to try to get a nice picture. So I was trying to sneak up on them. That way they would just be playing like all natural and everything. And it wouldn't be a posed picture. I was trying to be all, you know, creative and artistic and, you know, photographic. You know, here I go. And I get on my knees and I crawl through these Legos. <laughs> you know, i ha ha. And I'm sitting here like this. And finally I get in this position. And so my legs start to move apart because the legos you know they're they're just they're everywhere and i'm getting poked and jabbed, and i'm trying to catch that perfect picture i got this nice camera trying to get this great picture this great shot and then it hits me i've got to get up (laughs) i don't know how i'm gonna do that i don't know how this is gonna work out because this is like being in quicksand except it's legos and they hurt and i'm trying to get up off of my knees but there's nothing solid under me i just keep on getting further and further. Consumed by this pile of Legos, but I finally had to holler for my wife and help. You know, I was this grown man in the middle of this Lego pile going, "Help!" You know, so, but anyways, we. I used to play with Legos as a kid, and uh, they have really cool Legos now that they didn't make whenever I was a kid. You know, they have like Batman Legos, and they have Superman Legos, and all of these different superheroes, and I, I used to love superheroes as a kid, and I used to, you know, uh, th- that didn't really stop me, the fact that they didn't make those kind of Legos when I was a kid. They only make just a few kinds of Lego, Lego uh, people. And so I made my own versions there were no Batman Legos when I was a kid. So here's what I did. I took a bottle of Whiteout. I'm talking about the kind with the brush on it. Not the sponge, not the little weird tape thing, Whiteout stuff. I'm talking about real Whiteout. Kind of if you smell too long, make you crazy. And I took the Whiteout with the little brush on it and I painted over those Lego people. And then I'd take a knife and I would carve a little mask. i carve his mouth out. And then after that, I would carve, you know, the shapes and all the things I want in there. And then I'd take a marker and I'd color that white out, whatever color. Now black for Batman, I'd make, a, make him black. And then I would get out a piece of masking tape and I would color that black. And I would cut out these tiny little triangles and put them on the corner of his head to make the little Batman ears. And I would create these little figurines out of something. That, that, that wasn't what it was supposed to be, but I made it into what I, I wanted, wanted it to be. And what I did was I got away from the original intention of this character And therefore, some of these characters and some of these toys that I had that would probably be worth a lot of money, they have completely lost all value that they had because I strayed away from the original intention. And that's what I want us to get today, is that whenever we focus on the original intention of something, it preserves the value of it. How many of you guys have ever used baseball cards to make some noise on your bicycle? (laughs) Guess what? Those ain't worth diddly squat now. <laughs> it was fun, yeah, for that little bit. But you know what? The, you didn't preserve the value of it because you didn't use it for what it was originally intended for. Just like me and those little Lego figurines. You know, all, these, all this stuff, if we would just focus on that original intention and let that be our focus, it preserves the value. You gotta understand, this not only works in the world, this works in the church You've got to get this, that in our church at Word of Grace, if we focus on the original intention of why God wanted this church here, it's going to preserve and add to the value of the ministry. Amen? Amen? It's the same thing with your marriage, the same thing with your relationships, it's the same thing with raising your kids. You see, if you focus on the original intention, it's going to preserve value, a lot of times, whenever we begin to get our focus off of the original intention, that's when things start getting hairy and crazy and all messed up, you see, and, and we're, 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 things get out of control. You know, our relationships get out of control. Our marriage gets out of control. Our finances get out of control. We begin to lose sight of the original intention, the original core values, and because we lose focus on what was important, then we begin to lose value it doesn't matter you can look at two different couples that that have been married for 50 years and and, and one of them began to focus on the original intention, their original intent towards one another. And now they will tell you that their marriage is better than it's ever been. They'll tell you they may have hit some bumps along the road. They didn't know if they would make it at times, but they, they made it through. And because of that, you hear these great stories about how valuable they, they view one another. But then you see some couples that just stuck with each other for a long time. And they could, they could have been married for 50 years and now they've been driven further apart than they ever have because they lost the focus of their original intention that they were together in the first place. Isn't that easy? Does that make sense to everybody? You see, we understand this. Even with raising our kids, when things get crazy and out of control, we need to focus on the original intention, the original value, and focus on that instead of letting things get out of control why am I here? I'm here to raise this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm here to raise them up the way that God wanted me to, and I need to focus on that. And if I focus on that original intent, that original thing, it's going to bring value to that relationship that I have with that child and that child's life. Not just now in this season, but on after they've went on on their own. Amen. You see, and that's what we need to do when we focus on the original intention of church. We focus on the original intention of why we're here. Why are we doing what we do? Who are we doing it for? When we focus on those things, it brings value to what we do. It increases the longer that you focus on what is important. Amen? I remember whenever I was a youth pastor in Oklahoma, I had just gotten there. I had been there maybe a month. And uh, this youth group had this incredible fundraiser where they had sold a bunch of fireworks. We had four fireworks stands. And that first year that we got there, I wasn't even there a month. And you want to know how much money they made in three days? They made $30,000. Profit in three days of fundraising. Because that's the only time you were uh, able to sell was during those three days in the city limits. But they've been doing this for 20-something years. And I step in as the new youth guy and I go, wow! Wow! I've got a $30,000 budget. This is incredible. I've got $30,000. At my other church, I may have gotten $50 a month. Sometimes, right? Now it's going, this is incredible. I've got money to do things with. And I began to think about all these great things. And I heard about this great success, this fundraiser. But then I found out that at my church that I was at, that they had already had something planned. And there was this event where we went to Tennessee. And we only had 11 kids in our youth group And guess what? That trip cost every bit of that $30,000. We went whitewater rafting. We went to dinner theaters. We went mountain climbing. We did things I've never done before in my life. It was an amazing time, but it was all gone like that. And the thing that we were also going to that was a part of that event was this thing that was called Talent Quest. And it was this talent competition with the kids. And they would do things, uh, compete against other churches in that particular denomination. And if you win, you get a trophy or whatever, and you get to go home, you know. And our church was really, really competitive and especially against this other church that was in Tulsa. And so that was the goal, was to beat this church and to bring home the goal. You know, uh, they were going to beat them. And they would say, yeah, because our churches were about the same size. We were bigger churches than the denomination. And we go, yeah, we, at least we, we beat this church and we got more trophies than they got. And I mean, whenever I heard about this, I've only been here a month. And I'm like, we just blew 30 grand? And I'm sitting here going, this is crazy, and we're going to this talent competition, and, th- and they were taking things like these dramas and skits that were never, ever done in front of the church. They were never done as ministry, as outreach. They were only created and done to go to this competition and win a trophy. The one that really got me was there was a young man who memorized a sermon so he could go and preach, in this preaching competition and whenever he preached in this preaching competition, he had never, never preached in a pulpit. He never had ministered to anyone. He was just trying to memorize a sermon that he thought could win him a trophy. And I shut the whole thing down. I was not popular. <laughs> Let me tell you, they've been doing this for 20-something years. And here I step in. I'm only here a month as a new youth pastor. And I said, this is out of line. This is out of focus. This is crazy. We went and did it that year because they had already had everything arranged. But once I saw it, I said, we're not doing this. And we shut down the whole thing. And Pastor Derek was not everybody's friend. <laughs> we lost some kids over the deal. It was, it was sad. My, I mean, I only had 11 kids. It went down to about seven kids. And, um, but let me tell you, that year I said, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to focus on the original intention of why these people created this talent competition. The reason they did, which is nothing wrong with competing. There was nothing wrong with the whole organization. What was wrong was the focus. You get this? It, what was wrong was a focus. So here's what I said we're going to do. If you want to do a talent, what we're going to do is we're not going to go to competition for the next two years. <gasps> My life is over. People just had a fit. They thought their lives was over. I said, for two years, we're not going to go. I said, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go on mission trips with that money that we raise, and we're going to use it throughout the year to do other things. So I began to take those kids on mission trips. And I took them, and that little youth group of seven kids grew into a youth group of 75 kids. And those 75 kids began to do uh, the same things that they were doing as, uh, to, to get a trophy. They were doing it to see people's lives changed. They went down to the inner city of Houston to an area that's known as the Montrose where there's all these kids that are homeless that are out prostituting themselves. They were out there preaching to them and teaching them. They were out there doing dramas and things that they would have done for a trophy, but they were doing it to impact one of those homeless kids' lives. Then we would go to a homeless men's shelter and we would play music for them or sing for them as to where we used to sing for a trophy, and let me tell you, it awoke a purpose. It awoke something in them. And, and now there's a lot of those kids, I guarantee you, they're still in ministry today. There's kids that are doing great things for God. Why? Because Pastor Derek was so great? Absolutely not. I was not the greatest. Matter of fact, you could talk to my old boss and he would tell you there were some goofy things that I did, buddy. But in spite of all of that, in spite of all my failures and all of my shortcomings... If you focus on what's important and you focus on the original intention, it's going to add and preserve the value. Amen? And now whenever they started up the talent competition again and they went to talent, not only were they doing their skits and their sermons and their music for talent competition, but they were doing it in local festivals. They were going out to different apartment complexes. They were going out to different cities and different mission organizations. We went to Mexico and did a lot of that stuff. I took them to Mexico one year. All this stuff that they were doing, now they're beginning to see this is the purpose. This is valuable. This is more than just a plastic trophy that's going to gather dust and nobody's going to care about it in a few years. Why? Because we focused on what was important. We focused on the original intention. And I'm telling you, church, we need to focus on the original intention and the original purpose that God has us here, and it's going to add value. It's going to add value to your marriage. It's going to add value to your relationships, to the way that you treat other people, the way you interact. It's going to add value to our church here in Sheboygan Falls. Amen? Amen? And I'm telling you, we need to get a hold of this this morning, and we need to focus on what? is important and we know that the foundation of this thing is what that's right say it together love Love. foundation of this thing is love it's got to be love because if it's not it won't work it's got to be this love where we care for one another where we're interested in one another where we appreciate and where we value one another where we give each other uh words of affirmation words of love words of kindness where we reach out where we show one another that they have value and that they matter. Love, it unifies people. It strengthens people. And that's what we need to build upon because it's the very character of God. Because 1 John 4 and 8 says that God is love. It's who he is. It's not what he does. Let me tell you, love is not an on and off switch. It's the character. It's the DNA. It's who God is. And that's what this whole thing has got to be rooted in. Because that is God's nature and the foundation that's going to unify us as we walk in this new season that he's calling us to as individuals and as a church. And I want to show you here real quick in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4 and verse 11, I want to show you here the purpose of church, show you what God wants us to do as we move forward. Ephesians chapter 4 and 11 says, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And this is the reason he gave those. For the equipping of the saints. And the reason that we're equipping the saints is for the work of ministry. And the reason we're doing that is for the edification of the body of Christ. Not just one church, but the body, the church. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son to a perfect man this is part, back to Romans 8:29 that conforming to the image of his son he says to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children that are tossed to and fro carried about by every wind of doctrine but verse 15 says it says but speaking the truth, in love. May we grow up into all things, into him who is the head, that's Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does it share. It causes what? Growth. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in what? Love. In love. Are you seeing how all this is connected and how all this works? You see, what happens is that we have to understand this purpose here. We've got to understand what this means and what we're talking about here this morning. These five offices of ministry, these apostles, prophets, these evangelists, these pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ in love. We've got to understand that these five offices of ministry here communicate the values of God to his people. These same values are the ones that he's calling us to to move forward, to equip us for the work of ministry. Now, a lot of people have a goofy, goofy idea of what ministry is. A lot of people think that ministry is just someone standing up in a, behind a pulpit on a Sunday morning giving a message or somebody going and doing work in a mission field or, or someone leading praise and worship. They ha- that's, the, that's the only limit. Uh, you know, the only thing we think ministry is a lot of times. Let me tell you what we're talking about, equipping people for the work of the ministry, and this is where I put my Father's Day spin on this message. Men, He's talking about us first and foremost, our first and foremost responsibility of ministry in our homes. That means we're the ones that equip and teach and train our children. We're the ones who treat our wives and love our wives as Christ loved the church, giving himself for her. That's where our ministry starts. You can hold 100 different positions and 100 different titles in a church, but if you're not ministering to your family, you're missing the mark. That means we're not gonna depend upon the church to teach our children the word of God, and that's the only place they ever hear it. Amen, Pastor Derek, yes, sir. And I'm not saying that to condemn you, I'm saying that to encourage you and inspire you and let you know what your responsibility is to step up and be the head of that household, the one that leads the way, the one that shows your children how to treat their spouse, that shows your children what's important and what's valuable, that helps to exemplify this image that we're supposed to be conformed to, this image of Christ, to show them what's valuable, to show them what's important, to teach them the word, to teach them the way. And you're to be equipped to do that. And we're trying to equip and we're trying to give you a purpose and we're trying to help you understand what's important and understand what's valuable so you can do the work of the ministry. And once you've got that and you're ministering to your family and you're ministering there in your home and you're doing the work that God has called you to do, then guess what? He also has us a responsibility to not only make disciples in our own home, but to go out into the world and to show them this image of Christ that we're portraying. And to share that love with them. And to share that truth with them. Amen? So yeah, it's great if you tell your coworker about Jesus. It's great if you invite them to church or you reach out to someone who needs a hand and who needs help. But it's even greater if you take your children and you take your wife and you take your family and you instruct them in the ways of God. Amen. Amen. Because let me tell you, if we begin to do that as a church... If we begin to do that in our homes, it's going to make this right here a lot stronger and it's going to make it more effective. But guess what? Whenever you're long and gone, you have imparted something to the next generation. We can't shuck our responsibilities and just throw our hands off our responsibilities of passing it on to the next generation. God forbid that it would be like in the book of Judges where there said that there was a generation that rose up that did not know the things of God nor what he did in the land of Egypt. Let it not be said of us, amen? Let it not be said of the men and women of word of grace, amen? That a generation went by that did not know the things of the Lord. But we're going to show them the way. We're going to teach them the way. Yeah, we're going to teach your children the word here at church. Yeah, we're going to teach your teenagers. Yeah, we're going to teach the adults here. But let me tell you, we're going to take that responsibility beyond this meeting on Sunday morning, amen? Love is this foundation, and it's going to strengthen you. You know, Pastor Mike, that's why it's so important that we do things like what we did yesterday with the men. That's why it's so important that we help focus and help bring focus. That's why we're we are having a women's link group and why we're having those ministries and all these different things so we can help people to realize their responsibilities and instruct them because it's our responsibility to speak the truth as leaders of the church and to help instruct. But you're supposed to take that and do something with it. Amen? Amen. 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 Happy Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day. (laughs) We've got a responsibility. We've got a responsibility. And love's got to be our foundation as a church. Love's got to be the foundation in our homes. Love's got to be the foundation of whatever we do if we want it to be unified, if we want it to be strong, and we want to add value to it because we've got to focus on the things that God values. Amen. Now, here's what I did. I, I compiled a list of things that I wanted to share with you that we're, we value here at Word of Grace. And I put this list together, and um, I'm not going to ask you to write all these things down. I thought about actually making a little slip of paper to hand out to everybody, but I, I just didn't decide to do that. But I'm going to read them to you, and then I'm going to share something after I read this that's going to make it a lot more simple. So. Here's what we value here at Word of Grace, and this should be across the board for any church or any believer, that we show others the way to Jesus. We value helping people grow in their walk with God. We value helping our families grow. We value teaching the uncompromising truth of word of, of God's word, amen? I said we value the uncompromising word of God. We value family and we value marriage. We value children, we value teenagers, we value reaching the next generation, we value the elderly and those that have laid the foundation and those who have gone before us and who have paved the way, amen? We value appreciating one another, we value teamwork, honesty, integrity and excellence, we value being an example in our community. We value loving the hurting, loving the rejected and the neglected of our area. We value reaching those that are unchurched. We value reaching out to those who are seeking a deeper walk with God and a strong Christian community. We value equipping people for the work of ministry in their homes first and then to others in their everyday lives. We value helping people to walk in victory and freedom. Could you give a big amen there? That's the things that we say that we value, but here's the key if what we do as a church does not reflect that, then it's just a bunch of words and we're all a bunch of phonies. Right? We can't just get up there and say, oh, yeah, that's good. Man, that's good. woo No, what we do has to value that. What we do has to reflect that and has to show that. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of words and there's too many people that have said too many great things and too many nice things and had extremely poor follow-through. But let it not be said of the people of Word of Grace that whenever we say it, that's who we are, then that's who we show that we are, amen? Here's the best way to put it, though. I thought, you know, instead of making this big list of all these things that we value and all these things that we say are important to us, let's just say it like this. Let's condense it down to something that we can grab a hold of, something that we can grab a hold of as a church. And this was the most simple way that I could put it. We can simply say this, and this is your fourth point, that word of grace values loving God, loving people, and serving the world. Is that easy enough? That encompasses all of those things that we just talked about. And it shouldn't only be said of our church, but it should be said of us as individuals as we move forward in our walk with God, that we value loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that we love people, we love our neighbors as ourselves, and that we're willing to serve because Christ was the ultimate example of serving. Amen? Son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and offer his life as a sacrifice for many. Isn't that what the word says? He didn't come to be served. If anybody deserved to be served, it was Jesus, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Should have been waited on, should have had the red carpet rolled out for him, but he didn't. He came through one of the craziest ways in a manger where animals stay. He was born in a barn. And then they didn't even have anything decently to wrap him up in. He deserved to come with trumpets and with the king's welcome. But he came in a simple way because he didn't come here to be served. And let me tell you, if we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, we've got to catch that heart. We've got to catch that vision that we're not here to be served, but we're here to serve one another. Amen. We're here to love God, to love people, and to serve the world. So for us to move forward in this new season that God is calling us into, we must focus our values on these three things or it's still all just words. But for you to move forward in your life, you've got to focus on the things that God values, the things that God says are important. And he said this in his word in Matthew 6 and 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. We don't need to seek the latest and the greatest, and be seeking things and trying to reach and and make things happen. All we need to do is align ourselves with God's value, with God's heart, with God's purposes, because if we focus on the original intention, it's going to add value. Are you getting this today? In our lives, in our relationships, in our church, as we walk moving forward in this new season. As we move forward, we're going to see lives changed. We're going to see it. Our lives are going to be changed as we grow in love, as we grow in love for one another, as we grow in love for our families, as we grow in love for our church, as we grow in love for our community, for our neighbors, for our coworkers, as we grow in love for these people that need to be loved and reached and need to be welcomed and accepted and loved. We're going to grow. We're going to affirm one another. We're not only going to grow just numerically. That's not what we're trying to focus on. We're focused on loving people right where they're at, and growing them and ministering to them, being willing to leave the 99 for the one and reach the one. Amen? Isn't that what the good shepherd taught us? You see, we, we're going to see the kingdom of God move forward, and we're going to grow into mature men and women of God who know who they are in Christ and who know how to love God, who know how to love people, and who are making a difference. In their world so let me ask you this this morning and I want you to respond so get ready I want to ask you as a church I want to ask you as an individual are you ready to move forward I'm gonna ask it one more time are you ready to move forward let me ask you this are you ready to grow Are you ready to see a renewed passion to love God, to love people, and to serve the world in Sheboygan County, in Manitowoc County, in Wisconsin, in our nation, in our world? Are you ready to see that happen? It starts with us aligning ourselves and focusing on what God says is important, focusing on what God values. It starts with us focusing on what He said is important because His original intention for us as believers is to love the Lord your God, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then guess what? As we do that and as we grow in that, we're going to be conformed into that image of the many brethren. I'm a many brethren. Are you a many brethren and sisterin? We're many brethren and many sister Jesus was the first, but because of his sacrifice, we can be brought into that family of God we can be brought in the right relationship with God. Before you put your notebooks down and, and your, your pens down, I want you to write these two scriptures down and I want you to get them in your heart this week and that's John thirteen thirty five and Mark 12, verse 30 through 31. I want you to think on those scriptures this week. I want you to meditate on them. My mom always took these little note cards and always wrote scriptures on them. I remember growing up, going to the bathroom and looking for a good spot to look at yourself in the mirror because mom had all of these little index cards with scriptures posted all over in her car she never knew how fast she was going because she had scriptures posted all over everything she's living by faith feels like 55 sorry but do something like that if that's what it takes or put a reminder or put, put something on your phone or but I want you to get these scriptures in your heart this week. I want you to get this in your heart. Because this is the foundation. This is where we're going. I mean, some of you may be expecting to hear these great plans and great ideas. Uh, this, that's not what we're going to focus on right now. We're, we're, we're going to focus on loving each other and loving God. Seeking first his kingdom, and then he's going to take care of the rest. Amen? You want to know what the plan is? That's the plan. You want to schedule a meeting? That's the plan. <laughs> You want to come and ask me? You want to email me? You want to call me? That's the plan, to to love each other and to make everything that we do here as a church reflect that, reflect loving God, loving people, serving the world. That's the new season that we're walking into. I believe that's the new season that God is wanting us to embrace because he's wanting us to focus on the original intention and he's going to add value as we grow, as we begin to be edified in love, as we begin to be strengthened in his word and in his truth. He's adding value to the church. He's adding value to your life. He's adding value to us here at at Word of Grace. Amen, somebody? Amen. Say that with me. Say, loving God, loving people, serving the world. Say it again. Loving God, loving people, and serving the world. Will you bow your head with me this morning? Maybe you're here in this place today and you say, Pastor Derek, I want to experience that love of God that you're talking about. I've never experienced that firsthand by accepting Jesus Christ into my life, becoming one of those many brethren, one of those people that can have that new life on the inside of them, but I want to make that decision today. Or maybe you've prayed a prayer that's similar to that, and 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 you have asked Jesus into your heart, but you've just fallen out of fellowship with him, and you just aren't where you need to be, and you say, I just really want to make a fresh commitment to him today. If you're here in this place today, would you just simply let me know that you're here by lifting your hand and putting it back down? I'm I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything. I just want to know that you're here. Anybody in this place, just lift your hand where I can see it and put it back down. I don't want to miss anybody at all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I want to pray over you today. I just want to pray over you today that we can embrace this new season that God's calling us into. So would you stand with me today? If you need prayer after this service is over, we're going to have a prayer team up here. If maybe you didn't want to lift your hand today and you felt like you should, I want you to go to one of those people and just say, would you pray with me? If you have physical needs, if you have emotional needs or just something you would like someone to just simply agree with you on, we're going to be here for you. We want to pray for you. We want to show you that we love you and that God loves you. We want to show you that He cares about you and that He's here to meet your need and we want to help you. So we want to pray for you today if you would like that after the service. But I want you to just bow your head. I'm going to pray over this church before we're dismissed today. God, I thank you so much for everybody who is here for the things that they're doing in their lives, God, the steps they're taking, the decisions they're making, I pray, Father, will be led of your Spirit. I pray that they'll be guided by love, that they'll be guided by your voice, that they'll be guided by your truth and nothing else. I thank you, Father, that you're going to unite us as you are uniting us, even today as we're casting vision, as we're speaking forth your truth, as we're speaking forth your word, God, that you're uniting your people to do great things for your kingdom. We know that this church has a purpose. We know that every person in this room has a purpose. We know that you didn't create any accidents, any mess-ups, any mistakes. We know that everyone in here, God, has a divine purpose, Lord. And I pray that you'll help them connect to you and find that purpose and walk in that purpose. I pray for the men today that they would step up and be the men of God that you're calling them to be I thank you Lord for the women here today God that they'll step up and be the women of God that you're calling them to be I thank you Father that the ones that are in the room that have children the fathers will become the fathers that they need to be and the mothers will become the mothers that they need to be as we focus on the original intention as we focus on the purpose God let us grow let us be more effective let us be more conformed into that image God as we walk it out in truth and love we thank you for it We thank you that we're moving forward, loving God, loving people, and serving the world. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Numbers 6 and 24 says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. God bless you guys. Let's move forward, walk into a new season, amen? You're dismissed. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day.